Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This podcast. So we'll just kind of play it by ear. Uh, did you have anything in particular that you might want to talk about other than the uh, orgies in front of kids? Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know. Um, I know we talked about making a list and I did not make any kind of a list. So That's the best way nope. to do it. Yeah. But that stuff was funny, man. Like people just want to think the worst right away of everyone. Like, I can understand where things get miscommunicated in text because it's just how it is, you know, on posts and stuff. But people literally took like one comment someone made that could have been clarified a little more, but they were like, okay, this person totally supports having sex parties in front of children and doing art. And it's like, how do you even like go there from there? Like she was talking about like, at family-friendly nudist places or, like, in the locker room. So if, if if another child sees you changing in the locker room, are you a pedophile now? Like, people are just taking it to the most extreme version, and it's just so dumb. And I don't understand, like, wanting to think the worst of people. I'm going to take my gum out. Hold on. <laughs> See, that's... We're, we're kind of just doing, like, a, a cold, in, uh, cold opening and going straight into it, but... Like, that's something that's crazy about social media is you get such extremes on both ends of it because you will have the people that, you know, on the extreme left side, uh, extreme left side of things that just think everything should be a free-for-all and wide open, which is, let's pump the brakes a little bit. But then at the same time, you have people that, you know, on the extreme conservative side of things that, you know, take that approach that even if you're happen to be in a locker room at a gym changing that like that's offensive i don't i don't yeah. i just i don't know how people's brains get so pushed to one side or the other that there's absolutely no nuance in uh like in the thought pattern whatsoever yeah it gets frustrating too just because like good people are getting accused of things it's like literally on Liberty Twitter, it's like a spinning wheel on who's going to get like accused of being a pedophile today. Like, who's been it? Whose turn is it? Like, it's crazy. So. That's uh, so we, I'm going to let you kind of introduce yourself a little bit, but you know, we run in more or less the same circles on Liberty Twitter and the uh, insane shit show that that is on a daily basis. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of fun and I'm, I have had a lot of fun. I never had any use for Twitter prior to getting involved in all of this stuff. Uh, it was just something dumb that I would check once a week. 
And when I started getting involved with all the different podcasts and like doing the social media stuff for them and really doing uh, like stuff on Twitter and engaging with Liberty Twitter, it was a lot of fun. And I, I started finding people that I like to talk to and engage with and, and even have at some in some occasions gotten to meet in person in real life here over the last several months. So like, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, but man, it has also opened me up to a world of like, I knew Twitter was a shit show, but there are some days that it's, it's an impressive shit show. Like it's, I'm not even sure how people can, uh, can do it quite. So, well, I mean, you're one of the ones that you kind of do it just like head first on a daily basis. So, uh, introduce yourself a little bit since we really did go for like the cold open and then uh and then how do you <laughs> how do you do twitter every day like that because it it can be sometimes i just have to check out um i don't know i think maybe um i have a narcissistic trait where i can like <laughs> like i'm just like throwing all my thoughts out there all the time and like ignoring like I just don't like the per like that's why I got off of Facebook because like I hated personal like you couldn't even have discussions with people you even knew because it went to like this crazy level of like let's we gotta fight you know and it's like that's why I got Facebook and I've liked Twitter because you really can like if you don't want to see something or be involved with something like you don't have to you can just keep moving I'm Forrest Mommy by the way um, I was on Twitter. I actually started Twitter October 20, 20, end of 2019 after I kept getting kicked off of Facebook. And then I just, I don't even have Facebook anymore. So and Twitter, like Twitter is for smart people. Let's just say it. Okay. Like smart people, Twitter. <laughs> but I was noticing like my switch between Facebook and Twitter, there was stuff you would learn on Twitter that wouldn't even get to Facebook for like two or three weeks later. So I enjoy that. I enjoy seeing things as it's happening. And I don't know, I just have so many thoughts in my head. And I actually am in person, a more quiet person. I don't talk a lot, but there's a lot going on up here. So I just like, it's just a journal to me, I guess, in that sense. And then I've liked like Liberty Twitter, like you said, we've met, I've met so many people who are like my age into things I'm into that are like not judgmental and are totally open about things that they should be open about. And like, it's like, it's just been um, going from like the super leftist on crap on Facebook to like Twitter where you can kind of socially be left or right and whatever. But as long as we hate the government, like we can all get along and like find common ground on that. So I like yeah. Twitter for that. Yeah. And that's, I have noticed that as well, I guess because Twitter is, uh, it's a little more in the moment and, and you know, the, uh, the size of, of your post is restricted with your character count and everything. So it's a little more, uh, it's a little more sound biting. Like the, the news hits really fast and, and really to the point. Whereas with Facebook, Facebook really does have a lot more of the, just the average day-to-day uh, -day social interaction of, people posting pictures of their kids and random other stuff and recipes and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, your, your Facebook friends list is probably going to be maybe more varied in that you're going to have a lot of people that you probably actually know or work with. And like, you don't get a lot of the, the news type stuff. You get a lot of the day-to-day life type stuff but but you don't get the 
yeah, the uh, the fast hitting news side of stuff that you like hot takes and and looking into that. And I I do think, as odd as this sounds, I don't think Twitter is as uh, hardcore with the censoring as Facebook is. Because um, I I'll post I'll post pretty much anything that I post to Twitter. I'll post to Facebook as well, and it'll get dinged a lot more frequently on Facebook than it does on Twitter. So for as crazy as it is when, you know, Twitter goes through and purges accounts and you see people dropping left and right and stuff like that, it does seem like Twitter is a, at least a little bit more of a, an open space that you can say stuff without necessarily having to worry about getting, uh, like, unless you just go completely nuts, you, you can be a little more uh, out there with some stuff and, and get away with it. I agree. I agree. It's nice. And it was just nice last year with the, with all the shutdown stuff. Like, these are thoughts I was really having. Like, there is something terrible going on. There is something wrong going on. And I know if I had shared those thoughts on Facebook, I, I mean, I pretty much lost all my friends anyways. And when, you, when you're not on Facebook, you don't really exist anymore. I'm finding out. But regardless, like, I, people were like, I mean, I have something like 11,000 followers right now. And I know these people, like, if I was totally off my rocker and totally everything I said was so stupid to make any sense, why would I have all those people who, like, kind of agree with me or want to follow me? I know they like sexy stuff, too, but there's also, like, that aspect of, like, you just got to be able to say what you want to say. And if people are going to, like, go towards it, then it's great. And I feel Twitter was a, is a safer space for, safer space for that because... Facebook would just, it's, even on Instagram, I posted something once and I was getting attacked by my friends. And it's like, really? But like, I don't know. Twitter's just easier in that sense, I guess. So Twitter is more the <clears throat> the unfiltered what's going on in my head. Because as far as like Facebook and, and Instagram, like I have family and friends who are not into the political stuff and uh or like, you know, friends from church stuff and work stuff and they don't want to hear that stuff. So it uh so I try to kind of I guess censor myself to an extent on Facebook because I do know that like that's not what a lot of people are on Facebook for. Whereas on Twitter, I can just it's it's a free-for-all. Like I can just go and do and be and uh it's it's weird to think of it that way, but I mean it, there's a lot of truth to it. Yeah. There definitely is a difference, and I noticed it. And I feel much more, like, productive wasting time on Twitter than I did on wasting time on Facebook. Even though on Facebook I had, like, my business page. That's the one terrible thing about being on Facebook is it's free advertising if you play it right, you know. But so I've had to, like, I have less business because I'm not on Facebook and stuff. But, yeah, yeah, I had to censor myself anyways because my business was there and everything. But on Twitter, it's like, <laughs> say whatever. It's all good. And I say everything. <laughs> so touch on that, because you, you definitely do say everything. So what is the uh, what's the motivating factor on some of the some of the stuff? Like, do you ever just post to see how far you can go and get people to to react or? Uh... <laughs> Maybe not necessarily react, but I definitely want feedback. I definitely like I'm like, OK, this thought is in my head. I need to work it out and be able to work it out in just these couple characters and, like, but just to get feedback from people, for sure. I try not to be too, like, 
I mean, it's been hard this last year not to be an extremist or a radical because everything is that now if you say anything, right? But uh, I don't know about pushing. I try not. I mean, I like I like the discussions that always lead to someone getting, you know, called a pedophile. I like those type of discussions, but they're just so hard to have on social media. Um, when you have them in person, it's totally different. But I don't know. I just... I want a little bit of feedback, a little bit of like, okay, am I the only crazy person thinking this? And like, do other people understand what I'm trying to say? Like, what am I, am I seeing things like completely wrong, you know? So I guess I like it in that sense more than like pushing people to react or, I mean, that that's why I do this, the sexy stuff just because people will either like hate that stuff and then they can like unfollow me or whatever like that. That's how I push people away, <laughs> or they love me for it. So whatever. But I don't know. I just have all these crazy thoughts. No, they're not even crazy thoughts. They're just like normal thoughts. But you're not allowed to say them in a lot of circles. You're not allowed to say a lot of things in this world. And I'm kind of in a place in my life where I can't get canceled. Like even if I got doxxed and someone found out like who I was, like. I'm a realtor, like, finding out who I am will actually, is good P every bad PR is good PR for me anyways, like, so I'm not, I, I'm not worried about that, my life's set up, like, so I guess I just felt the freedom to just say it, which I, my life's kind of always been like that, too, where I've always, I never had someone holding me down, I was never under anyone's thumb, I was on my own young, and I've just kind of been like, well, I'm gonna do what I want, say what I want, so, I don't know. It's funny you bring up the, the doxing thing. I had, uh, I've got a couple buddies that do, that I went to high school with that do like a, a beer review, uh, YouTube channel and, and they have a podcast. And, uh, so I, I took some beer from, from here down there and hung out with them one weekend. And we did a, we did a review on their YouTube for the YouTube channel. And then we did a, a podcast as well. And I'm terrible about doxing myself. Like I, you know, I tell where I live and everything tell my real name all of it all the time and because I, I don't care like if somebody's ballsy enough to show up on my doorstep that's not going to end well for them anyway so like I don't really I don't really care like I, I dox myself all the time but they, they they were like super weird about it every time I would actually say where I lived and like where I, what I did and stuff like that they're like oh don't don't dox yourself I'm like like I give a shit uh, so like that's it's not something that concerns me. And, and I really do think like a lot of people, uh, I do understand some people have like legitimate concerns depending on the field that they work in or something that like that could legitimately end their career, you know, but for a lot of us, that's not the case. Like we, we like to have the anonymity, but at the same time, if somebody wants to show up at my house, I mean, I'll offer you a beer and we can sit down or if you want to make it violent, then we can go that direction too. I'm cool with whatever. I mean, there's a big field back there that I can dig holes in, you know, and I'm not too concerned. Uh, it's, so I wanted to touch on the, the sexy stuff though. Uh, do you think that women on Twitter have an advantage over men because of that aspect of things? Um, yeah, I would say definitely for sure. But now that we've been into the social media world for a while, like, plenty of men are sexy. Like, y'all men are sexy, too. And you can play it up as much as, like, I feel like 
yes, for sure, because I can post a hot, you know, a hot picture and then like go off on the government or whatever. But I think men now can play with it because like there's plenty of hotties that I follow that I like specifically think they're hot and I enjoy what they say. And like, I think it can turn around. It can like, I don't, I don't know if you follow a uh, unicorn daddy. I mean, like his butts, like, I love that stuff. And so I think like, I, yes, there's definitely an advantage being a woman just in general. Like there is woman privilege everywhere. And like, you can be evil about it or you can use it for good. Like, I think I've used it for good in my life, but like, yeah, I think men could turn it around and use it more. But then it's also like then you get into the deeper thing like are we all just being narcissists and like <laughs> like but I think we all have narcissistic traits and it's so hard not to anyway so whatever give into it and use it for good. <laughs> I mean at the end of the day it's Twitter we're we're all a bunch of narcissists just pretending not to be <laughs> or, or right. not even pretending not to be. <laughs> That's what I say like if you can be you know what all of us have psychopathic traits probably all of us have like these negative traits it's just a matter of like working on them and not being that person completely like being well-rounded and if you're well-rounded on like the negative traits you can be well-rounded on the good traits too so so let's that's, that's i like that i like that that came up because I, I would like to talk about that and and also like you do post regularly with uh the wording is going to sound terrible on this, but like with self-love stuff and not in like a sexual way, but like, you know, loving yourself and who you are and, and the positive aspects about yourself. Uh, so on, you know, on that topic, because yes, like you had said, we all do kind of have some sadistic traits, no matter how good a person you are. Like if there is a certain level of human nature that uh, you're an awful son of a bitch somewhere deep down. And it, it may be really, really deep down and it might not be all that deep down, but somewhere in there, it's there. And, and like, uh, that's just human nature, unfortunately. But, you know, we all work to, to control that and suppress it and, and to be good people. And then, you know, that also gets into the side of loving yourself and, and kind of having respect for yourself and, and the fact that you are, you know, you are fighting this battle every day. And most days you're winning, even if you don't feel like you are. So I talk about, uh, talk about some of that side of stuff, like the the having respect and love for yourself because I really do appreciate that when you when you post that kind of stuff especially on Twitter because of, you know that's not the uh, norm <laughs> around there well just like how much you see people posting like their insecurities are coming through and you can just feel that and all of us are humans we've all been there and I know like I spent the early part of my life feeling so insecure and I don't know if I don't know if it's nurture or nature or what, but just something in my head clicked. And I'm like, why am I letting, like, I was on the internet when it very first started pretty much, right? I was like getting called a butterface back in like 2005 on the internet. And like, eventually it's like, what? this person's not even showing their face or anything. So obviously, even if I'm not super gorgeous, I'm not like, we can't listen to people like that. Like, and I don't know if that's just the intuition thing or why or what, but like, yeah. And I just wish people could like, it's it's human to not have yourself accepted I mean well I still go through days where I'm like I don't accept myself I'm being a piece of shit here you know but like it's like humans get stuck in this cycle where it's like they have to be something they're not 
And we're in the society where you're constantly being told you shouldn't be what you are. You have to be this or that, fit into this box and fit into this box. So I understand it's hard for people. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm glad you pick up on that because I do like people do just need to like, it's just more like stop. If you stop judging other people for the crap you're insecure about, then you stop being insecure about it. It's like, it's the cycle of like, oh, okay, I need to stop being shitty and that'll help me feel less judged. And I don't know how you teach that, but I guess if I just keep doing what I'm doing, people are picking up on it, so. I would hope so. Like I said, I I really appreciate that. I I went through a, I went through an interesting path of uh, kind of self-discovery with, uh, I got divorced and uh, I had a lot of, stuff that kind of went on in life for me during that time and and it kind of uh it kind of helped me to step back from like who I was and look at like look at myself and figure out uh a lot of things that I was like really just a horrible person (laughs) yeah in and uh and kind of reconcile uh maybe my baser nature with the like the person that I I realized I should have been and maybe even the person that I was pretending to be versus the one that I that I actually was and so so having that uh about a year and a half to two years worth of kind of journey of figuring that stuff out and trying to become like a a good husband and father uh type of person it really opened my eyes up to see that kind of stuff and and the uh, kind of the rawness of people opening up on social media with that kind of stuff like I wish I knew how to respond better to it because there is a in our society like you said I mean everybody's being suppressed to not be who they are to to fit this you know mold of what really what politics is saying you should or shouldn't be to to fit in and it can weigh on people a lot and I feel like people do need that that outlet and and most people aren't going to go seek out counseling or anything uh you're not going to go see a therapist you're you're going to spout off on twitter and and maybe people will think it's a funny joke and you're being uh you know facetious with it but a lot of times it's like that's people actually burying their souls on on stuff and that's true and like like you said like you had there was a part and point in your life where you had you had to go through that you had to go through the surface you had to dive below the surface face like what people call your shadow side or your dark side like you have to face that kind of stuff in life and we have this society where people are refusing to face it they're refusing to say they're a bad person like all this everybody's racist and stuff all that is is humans aren't saying oh i'm a bad person i need to fix myself instead of that they're calling everybody else racist or whatever and it's like that's why this in all this identity politics is so easy to take over these people because they are they're just cruising along at the surface nothing they do is wrong or right they're just doing whatever they're supposed to do in this like box that they're in and like and then they get to this point where, okay, you, you you have to face yourself at some point. And you have to be like, I did this shitty thing. 
and you will still do shitty things you will still be a shitty person but like just this yeah that, i've seen about that the other day how like everybody the whole oh everybody's a white supremacist and it's like are you just trying to say everybody has some bad shit in them because that's true it's like they're close but they have but they're so shallow that they can't like realize it's a person the person thing it isn't this one thing that everybody like it's this racial superiority thing like that's not what it is but that's the cop-out kind of instead of saying oh i'm a shitty person so i'm glad i'm glad you went through that became a better dad i'm sure and it's not taught and most parents don't teach like introspection or like i mean i was on i i ran from home as soon as i could because my family was going through their own crap and i'm like i got, i can't deal with your crap and me trying to like grow up and deal with my crap and then i lucked out with a great boyfriend at the time and he was he grew up with very introspective parents so it was like great lessons in my life of like things to think about you know like how many people are in their 40s in a relationship or dating and they can't even like do anything alone or they can't like be home alone like they need that person with them all the time and like it's there's all these lessons you should have learned early on of like how to be a human with another human but if you never like dive below and get through it and like feel like crap and then come out of ahead you know and then you act then you get to be a dumb bitch like me like it's just do whatever you do and say whatever you want but i don't know yeah i'm glad i'm glad glad you like i said I'm glad you know i'm glad you went through it and it, it is and it's hard because you can't force people to do it you can't force people to do that you they could go to therapy for years and never once do that you know like therapy is great but therapy isn't like a it's not a medicine or it's not like it takes people going home and thinking in their head and feeling like crap for a couple months or whatever to fix this thing it's like that's another weird thing that's been going on with all this online therapy and stuff i'm like are we using it how it's supposed to be used or like i don't know there was that comedian you know that comedian ryan long i don't mm -hmm. know if you've seen any of this he had one where like it was a joke between um a therapist and the therapist was basically just validating them like oh yeah you are like <laughs> You didn't have to fix yourself. You're perfect. Like, going on like that. And that's, I feel like that's a problem with modern therapy is it's not about figuring out what's wrong with you. It's about making you feel good about what's wrong with you. Like, like embracing, for lack of a better way of putting it, embracing the just utter piece of shit that you are and being your best self as in like being more of a piece of shit instead of actually digging in and figuring out like why why do i do this stuff what i mean that that's what it was for me like i had to really take a deep hard look at myself and and think like why is it that literally every person that i see in my life do i immediately start to identify their weaknesses and how i can manipulate and utilize them to get what i want out of this interaction and, and I mean, that's, that was what my social interactions really boiled down to for a, a good portion of my life. And sitting down and really looking at that, and I mean, it was, like I said, it was probably a year and a half to two years. And I wrote, I wrote a, uh, I wrote a memoir, more or less, like chronicling from the time I got out of high school up to that point in my life, like basically everything shitty that I could just remember having done 
like where I I deliberately uh, manipulated and used people to benefit me and advance my career or whatever. And like, if, if people don't want to look at that stuff because it, it's fucking gut wrenching. Like, uh, you know, to look at yourself and realize I have some major flaws, and then. I have to fix those major flaws too. Like that's, that's hard stuff. And it, people don't want to do hard stuff in this society. Well, the, the surface is so much easier. And then you can, you can see someone say something a little bit weird that you don't understand. And then you can call them the worst name, you know, call them the worst names in the book and dox them or whatever. Like all these, the doxing thing is kind of the same. They're these surface dwellers who like, have no understanding of anything below or you know above and they're just here and they're like oh that person said that let's ruin their life over it whereas like they need to ruin their own life in a way you know it's not like you're ruining your life but you are ruining your ego and your your yourself or your id or whatever they call it and it's like they will refuse to do that and they will they'll try to ruin other people's lives financially with their jobs or whatever just so they don't have to like look at themselves like it's just wild because it's so much easier when you can be like yeah you know what I'm, I'm a piece of shit human and I do bad things sometimes and like but I'm actually a really nice human uh you know on top of that and I'm always working to be a good human and you know I love people and people love me and it's like why do people want to stay in that like ugh, I don't know and like but like we said it's you can't force people out of it so yeah I think it's the, I think that's the toughest thing and like none of that stuff is anything that I learned from my parents. Like my parents are both amazing, great people. Like I, I didn't, I didn't pick up any of that stuff from them. Like that was stuff I, I learned on my own. Uh, and you know, it, understanding that I was that way kind of shaped who I have tried to become more of as a parent so that I don't reflect that stuff to my kids. I, I try to reflect more of, what I want them to grow up into and hopefully not have to go through, you know, all the stuff that I went through. And do you, do you have kids or, I mean, you are forest mommy. I'm, I'm the fake mommy. No kids, not going to have kids. I have a ton of nieces and nephews. My sisters are way older than me and we're having kids when I was in high school still. And I was just like, so I got to see it like up close and personal. And it was just like, and the pressure was never on me because they, you know, my parents had grandkids like right right away so there was never that like that's part of like the whole nature thing just where I'm the baby of the family and everyone's way older than me and I'm just kind of like I got to grow up in Colorado where my siblings did it and like just all these different things so that's why I'm kind of just I don't know I didn't have the pressures but when you're the baby you're spoiled anyways but like yeah no kids I try to be a very good influence on my nieces and nephews. I love my nieces and nephews. My partner has a bunch of nieces and nephews, and we love them and always supported them. Like, even when I was broke in my 20s, I was always buying my nieces and nephews presents and, you know, being in their life as much as I could. My family didn't like me at that point, but we're all good now. Last year, COVID really brought us all closer together. <laughs> They're like, oh, the crazy girl's actually not that crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, all of your uh, conspiracy theories start coming true, and everybody, yeah. everybody realizes, hey, we might want to keep her around. She might, uh, she might be onto something yeah. over there. Yeah, maybe, maybe the government is kind of bad. 
Although I was laughing because my parents randomly took me to a Ross Perot rally in the early 90s. So like my parents are, they're not libertarian and they never were like Republican or anything, but I was raised more conservative Christian and all that. But it just makes me laugh all these last year, just thinking back on all these little things like I saw my parents and I'm like, oh, so they, they, they were trying to like hold me in under the like conservative Christian, you know, be a good girl thing. But then also they were like not following all the rules either as far as like with certain stuff. So I'm like, okay, I get some of it from you guys too. You just are a little more sneaky about it. <laughs> You're more openly rebellious. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you did mention that you're a, a realtor. And real estate broker. Real I'm not a realtor. I don't know. Do you know the difference between realtor and real estate broker? For all the houses I've bought in uh, moving to like eight different states over the last 15 years. No, I don't know anything about any of that. I, I just buy a house that I think looks nice. And then I'm. But it's but, good. I'm glad you do that. I've, real estate's the best thing to buy, in my opinion. But a realtor. So everyone messes it up anyways, but realtors are part of the National Association of Realtors, which is kind of like the lobby group, the union, that's the closest thing is that for independent contracting real estate agents. I actually am not part of it because you pay them like 700 bucks a year for, and then they're like, oh, these people are more ethical because they pay us 700, I don't know, there's some perks to it, so. I'm a, I'm a Colorado licensed real estate broker, but everyone says realtor anyway. So that's like the big R, like there's a big R logo. That's the NAR thing. Okay. I'm too independent for that. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> so are you seeing some of the, uh, the housing prices going nuts and people buying up stuff like is it are you seeing that firsthand like so i'm from indiana and here in our little uh more rural area we're outside of town um so we have the like we have the act the highway and we have good access to town like i can be in town in five to seven minutes but at the same time we're out in the county so I really don't have a whole lot of restrictions. I've got a giant garden in my backyard and it's like, we can kind of do whatever we want. Uh, my neighbor at the end of the road, he gets out and starts shooting at six o'clock every morning. And uh, he's driving me insane because I work night shifts. So I get off at four in the morning and he's yep. out there just having a full on like war with the trees or something. But he can do that because we live out in the middle of nowhere. And anytime a house comes up on the market out, out in this area, it's literally gone the next day. And usually they are getting double what I would have paid for the same house when I first moved into this area six years ago. So if, if only double, like it's been insane. Are you, are you seeing stuff like that uh, in that part of the country as well? Oh, yeah. So Colorado. Um, so I got my license in 2015. Um, pretty much as soon as Colorado legalized weed, um, things went the balls to the wall. Like 100,000 people were moving here every year. So like we've been and, you know, that was 
we didn't get hit as bad in the 08 stuff in Colorado. Um, like our construction slowed down and stuff, but it wasn't like, wasn't as bad as it was in the East and whatnot, but like we were still building back up from that. And then we have all these people moving here. So it's, it's like, for me, as long as I've been um, agent, like it's been nuts. It's just been nuts at every like price level too. Like, you know, when I first started, I'm with people who are trying to get into their first home and stuff. And at that time, you have all the flippers who can throw cash at it and then like flip the house and sell it for like 50 grand more, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, this person would have bought it for the original price and fixed it up themselves. And it's an actual family. So that's been going on. And it's Colorado, like the house I grew up in, my parents, well, we moved out here in 1990 and Colorado was like the foreclosure capital of the world in the 90s, the late 80s and the 90s. Everything was so cheap out here. So the place my parents bought, which was awesome, it's 10 acres total and a, a, a nice custom home. And they bought it for 250 back in 1990. And it's worth well over a million now, which sucks for me because I'm buying it from them. But then it's also like, I get it because the location is beautiful and Colorado is just nuts. There's just, we are sprawling in every, every direction, even up to the mountains. Like you think, oh, you can't sprawl into the mountains, but they are doing tract homes literally up into the foot of the mountains and then going to the east because the east is flat. So they are just sprawling everywhere and everywhere they can build for the last couple of years, they've been building within the city. They're revamping everything and doing a lot of like multifamily stuff. And we still don't have enough houses. So I'm like, I don't understand it. Like, I I will never understand that from like, a, even as a realtor, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me that we're building all these houses. People are selling. How is there still not enough houses? And how are these people like moving in into Indiana and stuff? Like, there's got to be empty houses somewhere. Like, where are all these people moving from? <laughs> right. It's, it's just wild. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's insane. Uh, uh my my wife and i had uh when all this first started you know really going nuts we talked about like we could sell our house pretty easily for close to double what i paid for it initially and but then she was like yeah but then where do we move because everything else is yeah, all right everything else is the exact same around here like if we wanted to upgrade to a slightly bigger house or you know move to a a nicer little subdivision or something like that like yeah i could probably sell my house for 200 but it's going to cost me 250 or more to get into another one that's even you know similar size so it, it would be a waste of time and yeah and where what what's going on with all the houses that these people are moving out of to to move into these because it's not like they're all coming out of apartments like a lot of them sold their house in town to buy a house out in the country. And so, so what's happening to, what's happening in these houses? I, it doesn't make any sense how there's always a, there's always a shortage, but at the same time, there's always a very consistent turnover. Uh, and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The only thing I like, I've been trying to push for the last couple of years is co-living just because out here in Colorado, especially like in between um, Colorado Springs and Denver, there's a county called Douglas County with just like, it's where Castle Pines is. I don't know if you've ever heard of Castle Pines, but like, it's just, it's 
loaded. It is just like the richest. It's like on the top 10 richest counties, like, and it has been since the 90s because like because of real estate, mainly people down there and the real estate going like crazy. But there are all these homes out there for sale between like one and three million on like nice 40 acre parcel, you know, or on property on land. And it's like they sit there forever to get sold because how many people are in that market? Although it's still going, it's going fast now, but it's like, why can't, I wish people could like live families or whatever, like a little more like multi-generational living. Like it's so funny for how independent I am now. I'm like, oh, people should live with their families still. Like, you know, you guys could garden. Like my, my parents and my sister might be buying a place down in South Carolina together just like to have a home base down there because I have. A nephew and niece out that moved out that way and it's like oh I love that idea like everyone can live together and like I know it's such a weird thing and like we all want to have our own things but I'm like why can't we like two people buy one of these places or these houses are huge they're 8,000 square feet or more houses and like you could easily revamp it to make it two living areas if you want it you know and it's like yeah but it's like because we don't have enough houses so why can't people we should be doing that I know that sounds like socialism communism which i if you want to do it at your own choice like that's totally cool and i love especially now you know with the whole doomy like you know like oh the world's we're going to hell anyways the world's crashing you might as well shack up with some other people to have like a team you know like <laughs> to get through the end times together with <laughs> our our little subdivision there's several of us uh so we have a we have a nice little garden back here in our backyard and i built a gazebo and a deck and we put up a pool and like we've got a nice little garden area. We've got a bunch of uh, we got a bunch of fruit trees. We got peaches, pears, plums, apples, and nectarines. I've got a giant raspberry, blackberry, and fig bush out here as well. Uh, so we've like we've really kind of been cultivating the whole backyard garden as opposed to yard. And we've got goats and chickens, and like we're I I grew I grew up on a farm, so I'm a little bit of a redneck. And then. Uh, We've got our neighbor who is just up the other side or behind us. They've got a nice giant garden. Uh, we've got another neighbor up the road that he's been doing uh, like garden boxes. Uh, he doesn't have he doesn't have as much yard as we do, uh, so he's been doing like the the five gallon bucket gardens and like box like building his own box gardens and doing stuff like that like around his house. So that's that's really cool. Like we've got. Uh, we've got a lot of people in our little neighbor and we we also have a fairly tight little neighborhood like we all hang out and, and get along really well so we all kind of garden together and share stuff like we our squash absolutely went nuts so we've been giving squash to the neighbors and one of the guys uh his cucumbers did really well so and ours uh died so so he's been giving us cucumbers and we've been giving him squash and we'll like we'll swap tomatoes and stuff every year like we kind of we grow a whole bunch of stuff and then we kind of share, which, you know, the, uh, the ANCOM thing always gets derided, but I think, I think the idea of anarcho-communism is like, it's actually the looking at it from like a textbook manner, it would actually be the purest form of communism and something that would actually work but it could only like it could only work in like a small setting like our little neighborhood or like you were saying like people buying a 8,000 square foot house with 40 acres and 
you know, making it their own little hippie commune or whatever. Like it's, I think it's an incredible idea and I think it could be very productive and, and work. It's just not something that could ever be uh, implemented on any, any sort of a large scale. Like, I, I don't know if it would work beyond like 20 people, but you know, it's something that it could work. Voluntary. It has to be all voluntary. The community it has to be, you know, they have to choose to be part of that community voluntary and stuff. But no, I'm with you. I'm all about it. Like, yeah, I, and I agree. People give it such a like, that's why I try to say like anarchy, like people can still do their communism or socialism or they can have be never talk to people ever again you know like that's that seems the most logically consistent of how to how the world should be organized you know by people's voluntary associations and and if you're going to be in a community and help each other out like that's productive and we're like no matter what you think humans we want to survive that's our goal is to survive for people to like procreate to have family like you can't like ignore that but so like why would you not like group up and make strong communities but obviously the state has ruined that for a lot of people but whatever yeah, yeah. we'll get there our, our encamp is standing and like dreams will happen one day right <laughs> I, I, I have a feel i have a feeling it's going to take a uh, a massive collapse of the system which then may very well be coming shortly down the road anyway but but yeah Hopefully we, hopefully we get there, at least in some, in some degree or another. Uh, well, people sorry. always bring up the, like, Swedish and the Nordic countries, and I'm like, you understand their, like, populations are 5 million, 6 million, because, and if you understand that, are you, like, pushing for that? Because most of us will agree with that. Yeah, let's split up into smaller, like, things like that, but they don't, they don't make that connection, of course. <laughs> yeah if we can break off and have our own nation state and do whatever we want and make it work then cool that i would love to but there's no way that the the federal government can't make that work not for 330 million people uh, like I, they want half yeah. of us dead anyways like why don't you just let us leave <laughs> like, they're like they want, wake up every day wishing everyone who thinks differently than them is dead, but then they don't want a national divorce. And it's like, okay, but that's logic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, crazy times that we're living in. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I think we've had a, this has been an excellent conversation for my end. I've had a lot of fun. And I think uh, we really got to get into some of the, the deeper stuff that, I appreciate about your posts that uh, like mine might not get more uh, as much attention, but like I really have a, a great appreciation for that stuff. So, well, thank you. Thanks for the appreciation and thanks for inviting me on and getting me to. I should, I need to be more technological and do this more, but <laughs> it's hard. I'm the worst millennial ever. Like, I used to love technology, you know, it was on computers all the time and now I'm like I don't even like want to get like I don't want to do anything with technology other than like my phone <laughs> and and even with that it's pretty basic I, I've got the uh iPhone 4 I think it is I can't remember what it is it's one of those it's one of those single digit numbers that came out a long time ago hey it works if it works it works <laughs> that's right well thank you very much for coming on with me anything you want to 
pitch or plug and before we get out of here? Nope, just Forest Mommy on Twitter. Follow me. Hit me up. That's all. Or if you're moving to Colorado, call me and you need a broker. <laughs> I, uh, I give uh, uh, money I make, I give right back to the state of, not the state of Colorado, but I do help protect Colorado's like nature and land conservation. So I try to like throw that out there. It's my status side, but it's important to me. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, and I will talk to you later. Thank you.